Tonight's gonna be a night full of tantrums. Oh, is it? I think so. Is it a tantrum night? <laughs> we both, for the last like twenty minutes, have been throwing like little tantrums. <laughs> we really have. <laughs> I've literally just been throwing things. You have been throwing things, like in my general direction. Mm. I didn't do nothing to you. No, you didn't. <laughs> but I'm just like, can you do this? You do. You do it. it. I don't wanna. I'm so tired. I'm so like I am literally told for everything we did last night yeah guys we had a really really good night last night despite our mini tantrums yeah we saw devin townsend finally again. we drove three hours to boston to see devin townsend and then three hours home and it was worth every second oh it was worth every second and i had banged which turns out at 36 you, you can't do that you shouldn't do that anymore <laughs> you can't do that pro tip don't headbang past 35 yeah especially if you have a bad neck which is why i was stick straight Whole time. You 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 I was moving a little, a little bit. You, you bopped a, you bipped and bopped. Bipped and bopped. You bipped and bopped. <laughs> Bobbity booby. Okay, Gosa. Ooh, get ready for a lot of poorly pronounced oh, words in another so language. Much. Actually, this will not be as bad as the Rammstein episode. I will promise you guys that much. Not for you. I don't know. I did not take Spanish at all. Ooh. I don't know any Spanish. I took German when I was in high school and college. Right, so right. That's why I was okay with her Rammstein episode. And I'm going to be okay with okay. this one. Ooh, a little role reversal. I like Ooh. it. Mm-hmm. See, I see. I see. I took Spanish throughout high school and college. As you should have, because you know that makes sense. It was useful. It's, it's very useful. German is not so useful. It's good enough. Good I like enough. it. I like it. I had a good time. It was... uh great and i thank everyone all my teachers <laughs> thanks for teachers. my german lessons yay welcome to rock candy <laughs> your weekly podcast bringing you sweet treats from the world of music and this week we are kicking off women's history month yes we are with a lady she is a lady mm-hmm. real peach of a woman and, yeah uh, a and lot of people kind of know the story and also gone too soon oh uh, Literally way too soon. Way too fucking way young. Way too soon. But also really good movie about her life. So we will talk about good movie. That we will talk about much later. Yes. yes. We won't we won't get into that right but now. But tonight we are talking about Selena. Anything for Selena. Seriously, anything for Selena. Yeah. <laughs> Not even Selena, it's Salinas. Anything for Selena. Yes, I am very excited. I really Wanted to do her story, and I totally forgot about Women's History Month. And then I was like, oh, duh. Yeah, Selena. we should do this. We should do <laughs> Selena. Especially because Netflix does have a show coming out about her soon, too. Oh, they do? Mm-hmm. Like a true crime show? Or Mm-mm. just, like, documentary kind of thing? No. It's it's not even a documentary. It's None like a of dram- the above? It's, dram- it's a dramatization okay. of her life. Okay. Yeah. It looks really good. Uh, the casting looks pretty on point, and I'm sure the family's heavily involved, because I'll say this up front. Most anything official Selena, family is heavily involved. Yes. Like, they do not want a false narrative being said about her. Well, totally understandable. Yeah. Um, Fine with that. Who's playing Selena? I forgot her name because I'm a bad person. And, like, they haven't had, like, a full-out trailer yet. Okay. They've just had, like, the actress getting ready to yeah. be Selena. She looks great, though. Good for her. I'm sure it'll be good. There's a young Selena cast. She looks really good. I... Very excited about it. I will binge watch the shit out of that. Oh, I will watch it 100%. That is something I will actually watch because I'm really bad at watching my streaming shows. Look yeah. at me. Bad at it. I'm <laughs> I'm at the point where like 
if I turn on Netflix and there's nothing on that first initial screen that I want to watch, you just stare I go at to it. Hulu <laughs> or just, just stare say, into the abyss or just say, fuck it. I'm watching PBS. I don't care if it's Bob Ross for the five millionth time. But Bob Ross. Bob Roth. Bob Roth is Bob really Roth. good, you guys. No, it's really soothing. <laughs> they put it on when they had to dilate my my pupils, like a few months ago. That's a really good show to put on when you have dilated pupils. Yeah, it was just a dark room with Bob <laughs> Ross on. It was lovely. Did he have his squirrels with him? Not in these episodes. Oh, yeah, those squirrels are adorable. I love those. I love his little woodland friends. You know I want to be Bob Ross. God bless Bob Ross. God bless Bob Ross. All right. That's stuff about Bob Ross. Let's talk about beer. Okay. So for tonight's show, funny enough, I bought a beer. <laughs> then Ashley brought some beers over for funsies, and I was like, could you use that for tonight? Could have used that one you brought over. Instead of me walking around Oliver's for an hour <laughs> trying to figure out, I don't know. Because it was really hard to find a beer because I figured, okay, Selena, so anything that's talking about like love or heart or dreams right. or dreaming or corazón uh-huh. or anything in Spanish maybe and... Uh, or moon, because Selena is Latin for moon. You know, I'll oh, say okay. that again. Cool. I'll, I'll bring that up again. I couldn't find anything that was going to work for that. Which, except for, I mean, this. I think so. What I ended up getting, I think, it still kind of works because then I forgot about flower. Uh huh. So I have from Decadent Ales, Passiflora, which is, I imagine, passion flower. I don't know. I don't know. They're from Long Island. So, like, I don't know. This so they get a lot of excuses. <laughs> they get a lot of excuses. Um, and it's it's fine. It's a double IPA. It's a Pacific version of their Multiflora Dippa, utilizing okay. a blend of New Zealand hops. Oh, that's probably why it tastes different. I don't know. I don't particularly care for it. It tastes a little it's not off. My favorite. It's not my favorite, but, you know, I don't like IPAs. Yeah, that so. doesn't. Yeah, take this with a grain of salt that we don't love IPAs. Uh, it produces notes of guava, citrus, and passion fruit. Oh. Uh, which, I mean, I think that's made it more palatable to me. Yeah. I think if we didn't have another second choice coming up that we were like, but I'd rather drink this, you would have finished <laughs> it and been fine with yeah, it. Yeah. I did not finish it. I'm uh, sorry, Decadent. I've had, Normally, some weird, yeah. I've had some of their shit that's been really, really good, right? but this one, I'm, I'm just not into it. They're just also IPAs. You're at, yeah. you're at a disadvantage. But uh, I went with uh, Passiflora because Como La Flor. Uh, what the song? Como la flor. Oh, okay. Meow, meow, meow. I don't. I can't. <laughs> yeah, sing it has Spanish. meows in it. It totally has meows in it. Guys, in case you didn't know, I meow when I don't. That's know the, the English version. Is just meows. But that's a fucking solid jam. That was very important to Selena's career. So mm-hmm. I thought this would work for that. But then you fucking swipe on in here <laughs> with grim moon dreams oatmeal stout, and I was like, has moon and dreams in it. I was oh, looking shit. for this. <laughs> You son of a bitch. And I was just like, mm, we could just use this for funsies. And you're like, no. I mean, we can do both. You can do both. Oh, it's very tasty. This is the first sip I'm having of it's it. It's good. I like it a lot. It's good. It's a very tasty oatmeal stout. So I would highly suggest picking that up for sure. If you like IPAs, I think that the Passiflora is very good. Yeah. If you like IPAs, you'd probably like It's a that unique one, but... taste for an IPA. Yeah. I don't like IPAs. We don't so... IPA. Yeah, I don't Ipa. Often. I don't Ipa around, so. We can tart Ipa. Yeah, the tart ones are fine. Tippas are fine. <laughs> Tippas can go fuck themselves. Yeah. Agreed. Tippas are fine. But yeah, so I mean, these are, you know, these were our beers for this evening. It's funny that 
you couldn't really even find one and then and in the end we ended up with two yeah that really work there were a couple i was looking at and thought man i could like bullshit it i'm also getting to the point where i'd rather just talk about artists i like and fuck the beer fuck it if the beer doesn't really match up or if i'm bullshitting it at this point we've been doing this for how long over two years and uh we have had a thematic beer for pretty much every single episode, so... Yeah, over 100 episodes, guys, we have managed to find or bullshit a thematic beer somehow. Yeah, somehow, some way, we've managed to do it. I think we deserve a bit of a break this Cut year. Cut some fucking slack. Yeah. We are slowly going to stop giving a shit, especially yeah. because we are so sick of drinking IPAs. <laughs> so I, fucking tired of it. I don't know if you listen to every episode and know that we're sick of IPAs, but we're, we've lost our goddamn a minds. A little bit. I am... Slightly up to here. In case you with can't the IPAs. tell, because audio is not a great medium. Just for visual. in my fucking hairline. Yeah. yeah, that's how far I am with the fucking yeah. IPAs. And guys, she does not have a five finger forehead, so it's quick. It's a quick rise. <laughs> I don't have a giant forehead. No, so you don't. Cool. You have a nice, you have a lovely forehead. Thank you. Hmm. You're very symmetrical. Good for bangs. Good for bangs. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, with all of that ranting and raving. I'm going to get into the story of Selena because it is a la- actually going to be a bit longer than I expected oh. it to be. I thought it'd be quick. Well, shit. I am going to say up front, I am trying really hard not to talk too much about the true crime element. Because but let it's me, so hard. Let me tell you how fucking hard it is to look up her story and it's not just inundated with people being like, oh my God, she was murdered by her best friend. And yes, th- I'm not going to deny that a is an interesting story and an interesting fact. But her life is super interesting. But it's so much more than just her death. It's so much. Like, her life is amazing. Her death is, I think, only amazing because her life was so fantastic. Yeah. And the fact that she, when she was gone, is a fucking shame. Yeah. And she had so much potential to be one of the first uh, Mexican musicians who sings in spanish to break into the english speaking there's there's music what there is a lot there's a lot about that (laughs) i'm going to tell you a lot about how that statement's not factual oh really yes oh yes so i'm gonna educate people because i feel like everybody just knows that she was killed by you know her manager slash quote-unquote best friend whatever yeah, her life is really interesting. And also, the story, I think, is pretty timely, even right now. I mean, we are having some interesting opinions coming out about our neighbors to the south. Some political issues. Yeah. and uh, This is not a political podcast. Throwing around some uh, generalizations and yeah. stereotypes that are not true. Yeah. And this, I hope, might open people's minds a little bit. Cool. So let me get into it. Okay. All right. This woman crossed borders, both physical and metaphorical. She mixed cultures and genres of music, and in the end, she would be a legend for anyone to admire. Selena became more than a singer, she became an icon, especially to the Mexican-American population. She was living proof that if you work hard and keep dreaming, you could succeed. We all know how the story ends. We tragically lose her just as her light was about to shine its brightest. And unfortunately, it seems that's all most people focus on. Mm-hmm. The crazy story of how she's betrayed by someone she considered her best friend. And oh, my God. Yeah, yes. Yeah, again, yeah. fascinating story. But that's not her story. Yeah. This isn't a true crime podcast. We're not really going to go too much into it. Quite frankly, I want to do better by Selena. 
I want to tell you her story and celebrate her life. This positive, vibrant, and talented woman. We deserve to give her so much more praise. Yes. So before I get into things, let me lay down some background. Because to understand Selena's significance, I need to explain to you Tejano music and get into the specifics of a little band called Los Dinos. Ooh. Tejano is the Spanish word for Texan. And Ah. it was coined for this genre of music that is very distinct of the Mexican-American culture populated in Central and Southern Texas. Okay. So this is very centralized to a specific area in the United States. Right. Because as I'm assuming most people know, the South of Texas is very much like mixed of Mexican-American. Guys, it used to be Mexico. What? <laughs> yeah, Texas. What? Used to be Mexico. No. Yeah. Always Texas. Always America. Steers and queers. <laughs> That's it. It's always been steers and queers in Southern Texas. Guys, I've never been to Texas. <laughs> I haven't either. <laughs> no, no disrespect to Texans. I've heard actually that you've got some beautiful parts of that state. Just some. <laughs> Do the best I ever. I'm God smacking it right now. Texas is God smacking it. I'm God smacking it. <laughs> the roots of Tejano span through many different genres, from mariachi to polka to the waltz to jazz, and even later some elements of rock. In the 1800s, many Europeans, mainly from Germany, Poland, and Czech Republic, had migrated to Mexico and South Texas. Really? Well, what's now known as like the split between Mexico and South Texas. That's I'm really crazy. bad with my history, right? So they go over there, but they were forced out of Mexico during the Mexican Revolution of the early 1900s. Okay. So like mostly they ended up just like kind of mainstaying in the Texas, the Americas, the America part. Yes. <laughs> I'm not good at history, guys, and I'm really bad at geography. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about music. Okay. <laughs> not any of this shit. This isn't shit. This is very important. And it was there that their musical influence was combined with the Tejanos. It was after World War II that the popularity of Tejano music really began to grow, and music companies began signing and marketing these acts. It's kind of a, a it's like a very strange bedfellows kind of situation. Right. Like, you would not expect a German polka influence with... um mexican music at all but i could still also kind of see it but it kind of makes sense right because you get these accordions right and like they this both kind of upbeat they both kind of have that umpa yes thing yeah they have that lively yeah that umpa beat you can snap your fingers to it and bop up and down yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah this makes sense dance a little beat to it it's fine it totally works and with this exposure the genre continued to expand influencing the Tex-Mex style of the 50s and the Chicano wave of the 60s. It all culminated to what one would imagine when they hear the phrase Tejano music. It's Mm -hmm. just these men in flashy outfits, sometimes cowboy hats, sometimes little sequins. They got guitars, accordions, drums, the touch keyboard, and like that real charismatic lead singer, and they're shouting and yelling, and just everybody's having a good time. It's very charismatic. Yes, it's very lively. Everybody's got to get up and dance, and everybody's smiling. It's really bright, fun music. Yes. Abraham Quintanilla was born and raised in Corpus Christi, Texas, a place where Tejano music ruled the airwaves. However, that really wasn't his jam. He huh. was much more interested in the pop vocal quartets of the 50s, like groups 
of the Four Aces and the Millis Brothers. Very doo-wop, harmonizing. Oh, okay. Kind of in the same vein as like Temptations and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. After graduating high school, he ran into some fellow alumni who had started a vocal ensemble, much in this vein, called Los Dinos. Oh. When they told Abraham they were losing one of their members, he jumped at the chance to join, thusly becoming the new third voice. They were getting booked small gigs here and there, making about $30 a show. They began to record their music as well, from originals to covers of popular songs by various classic doo-wop groups. I didn't know that Selena's father was a musician. Oh, he was, though. Oh. Very much. He loved it. However, despite mild success, they still struggled to get all that many chances to perform, and they knew this was no unlucky coincidence. Don't know if you guys heard of this little thing called racism, but it was <laughs> just rampant say. in the 60s. Even um, with Mexican-Americans. Yes. Yep. Imagine that. It's crazy. Some would book Los Dinos thinking they were Italian and then discovering that they were Mexican-American. What? Which to them just meant Mexican. What part of Los Dinos made you think that they were Italian? Maybe they thought they spelled the word the wrong and they spelled the word the Los. And they thought it was supposed to be like, hey, it's the Dinos. Hey, a Dinos. No one meets in the Dinos. No Dinos in the pastas. Yeah, I mean, maybe they just thought it was like an Italian Dino. That was an inside joke, guys. I'm really sorry. I'm not. (laughs) Either way, they would be turned away from the venue. So the boys decided to try their luck at clubs with a Mexican crowd. Because, like, they'd accept their own, right? You would think. You would think. I have a feeling. Mm. It's not right. (laughs) If you've got that feeling, your feeling's right. At these cantinas, people wanted to dance. Okay. And they couldn't do that to these slow, sweet crooners that were so popular with the English speakers. So they get booed off stage. The the crowd gets a little aggressive. And it got so bad one time that the police had to escort them out of the, the entire vicinity. Well, that's bullshit. Yeah. So white people didn't like them for being Mexican. Mexicans didn't like them for playing white music. So they made a decision to go where they felt they would most belong. And from there, Los Dinos would begin to play Tejano music. Okay. Abraham took a little break just for a bit when he was drafted into the military. Oh. He was stationed near Tacoma, Washington. Was this like during Vietnam? Uh, I think it was right before because it was the early 60s. Nope. Korean War is the the 50s. 50s. I think this was that little break between. So just as we were ramping up to start the Vietnam War, I believe so. Again, I suck at history, guys. Even though I always usually passed it with flying colors. I think it's interesting, but my memory sucks. Well, you memorize it enough for a test and then you immediately forget it. Like everything we ever learned in high school and college. That's about right. Yeah. 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 Well, it was here that he met his wife, Marcella Samora, who he married in June 1963. And by December 63, she gave birth to their first child, Abraham Isaac III. But instead, they just call him A.B. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Soon after the birth of their first child, the Quintanilla family moved back to Corpus Christi, and Abraham joined Los Dinos once again. For a few years, they continued performing and began releasing full albums on Falcon Records. Their songs were gaining popularity through heavy airplay. But sometimes you have to stop and see uh, that a pumping of the brakes may be in order. By 1967, their music was losing traction, but more importantly, Abraham had a family to think of. A growing one that welcomed the birth of his daughter, Suzette. 
Mm -hmm. So by 1969, Abraham left Los Dinos, who did continue on without him until they officially dissolved in 1974. I'm interested to know how Abraham managed to dodge going to Vietnam. He was in the military and then... Yeah, I don't really know. Vietnam just happened. So how did he get out of it? What's going on, Abraham? Maybe he hurt himself real bad. Maybe. Maybe? I don't know. Bone spurs. He had bone spurs. Everybody had bone spurs. I got bone spurs. (laughs) I don't. But if there's a draft, I will. Heard that gets you out. (laughs) Abraham moved the wife and kids to Lake Jackson, Texas, where he got a good job working for Dow Chemical. Family was what came before all else for the Quintanilla family. And little did Abraham and Marcella realize that they were far from the end of their lives in the music biz. Oh. On April 16th, 1971, they saw the birth of their third and final child, Selena. Selena. But everything about her birth was a surprise after a surprise after a surprise. Huh. First of all, Marcella was initially told that she had a tumor that had to be removed. They Did just- it turn out to be Selena? <laughs> The doc, they went to get a second opinion, and the doctor said this is a tumor with legs. What? So, no, it's not a tumor. Oh, my God. What kind of doctor I don't is know. like, you have a tumor, and it's a fucking baby. D- a, bad, a bad doctor. You have a tumor in your uterus. It's something that's growing inside of there. I, I uh, have no idea what it, what it is. What could it possibly be besides be a tumor? A tumor fucking idiot (laughs) yeah i can't believe that she was told she was going to have a little boy (laughs) so i mean even the second doctor first it's first you're having a tumor (laughs) congratulations it's a tumor (laughs) congratulations your tumor (laughs) it's gonna be born soon and then then you get told no it's not a girl it's a boy and then surprise girl it's a girl well, yeah, so they had a name settled out for a boy. Sorry, surprise, your boy has a vagina. No, like, no, it's a girl. What if it was like, surprise, your boy is a girl and has a tumor? It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. They had a boy's name all picked out. They're going to call him Mark Anthony. But then they ended up having a girl. Are you just thinking, like, of a tumor named Mark Anthony now? No, now I'm just thinking, like... No, Mark Anthony was supposed to be born to somebody else. I know. I thought that too. Wrong. No, it wasn't time. So they ended up having a girl. Obviously. Obviously. (laughs) They had no name picked out. And when her roommate in the hospital suggested the name Selena, which is Latin for moon, they really liked it and said, yeah, that works. I mean, it's a really nice name. It's real pretty. It's quite pretty. The surprises didn't stop with her birth, though. She was only around the mere age of six that Abraham discovered the natural talent lying dormant in the voice of his youngest child. See, he could never really give up his dream of music, not completely. He knew he needed to support his family, but maybe he could carry on through his children. Such a stage dad. I'll say nine times out of ten this is a bad fucking idea. Don't do it. Don't force your kids into stardom because you didn't get it. Yeah. However, the Quintanilla family, exception to the rule. It started with A.B., One of Abraham's friends gave him a bass guitar and an amp, so it kind of seemed a perfect opportunity to have some quality time with his son teaching him to play. And they would do lessons, and A.B. would be learning the bass, and uh, Abraham would be playing guitar. Mm -hmm. It was really sweet. And many times, Selena would just sit in and listen. And one day, she began to sing along. Abraham couldn't believe what he was hearing. 
His daughter's pitch and timing were perfect. Hmm. He didn't have to work too hard to teach her what to do. It was just an instinct that came naturally. It wasn't long after this discovery that a crazy little idea popped into their father's head. Start a band with the kids. Call it <laughs> Selena y Los Dinos. Play Tejano music. Keep the kids off the street and out of trouble. <laughs> Profit. <laughs> Doing least, this for the kids. At least I assume that's how his brain works. Yeah. I think he, you know, had good intentions throughout it, but also profit. Yeah. They needed a drummer, and Suzette needed a role to play in the group. So, logically, she got sat down at the drummer kit. And at first, she was role resistant. She cried and said that there aren't any girl drummers, so this is really dumb, and she didn't want to do it. Aw, but you could be the first. Right? That's, I mean, but when you're 11, you're not thinking of it like that. You're just thinking, but there are no girl drummers. Why are you making me do this? I just want to go ride my bike. I just want to play football or something. I want to rollerblade. Stupid. You do it. I want to play Nintendo. You do it. I mean, I don't know. This is like the late 70s. So. I want to play Atari. You do it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Atari works better. But grudgingly, the kids got in line and played their parts. And while music was a fun hobby, they were forced to practice every day when they would much prefer running outside. Yeah. They did it. As any young kid would. They're still kids. And they're like, but I want to go play outside. Nope. You got to play for an hour. And sometimes they would try to just play like rock music. Like, nope. You got to play my old boring man music. (laughs) Can you imagine like your dad just forcing you to play his old man music? When you're a kid and you just want to fucking play outside. Right. And then you grow up and you're like, oh, wait, your old man, your old man music's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, now I kind of wish you did that to me, mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Selena y Los Dinos were getting good, playing at small get-togethers for friends and family. So good that Abraham thought they deserved a home base to play at every day. And so, with the help of a few friends investing, he opened up the first Mexican restaurant in Lake Jackson called Papagayos in 1981. Wow. Mm-hmm. Selena y Los Dinos were set up to cater to a mostly white audience. Hmm. Mm. Singing classics like Over the Rainbow or current jams like Super Tramp's The Logical Song. <laughs> and just to show you how talented they were, though, even as kids, I found this clip. So let Yay. me play. We get to hear things. <laughs> She's like nine or ten. Yeah, and she she's singing like she's a you know thirty year old. Yeah, she has like perfect composure. Yeah, her pitch is right on it. Like she's I'm like, damn, you would be that kid in chorus that would make all the other girls be like, well, she's getting the solo. Oh, she's getting all the leads in the school musicals. Oh yeah, she's that girl. I mean, that's not her fault. She was just born with that. But I mean, like you know, she was she had her own band. She didn't need to be in the school musicals. <laughs> <laughs> she performed literally every night at bars that her dad could go to and she was not legally allowed to be in right so yeah well no this is a family restaurant the restaurant yeah and she was she was legally allowed to be there yeah when i was watching one of the uh just i guess interviews with her sister she said sometimes it was really embarrassing because they would be playing and their friends from school would be at the restaurant 
they're like no, like eating with their parents yes yeah, so you're like you're playing the trumpet but like i would that's cool i would think you're the coolest fucking person but when you're like eight or nine yeah. or ten or whatever then you're kind of like this <sighs> fucking sucks my parents are making me do this and i wanna yeah you do it but looking back on it when you're 36 it's like I would have fucking loved that. I would have fucking loved that. No, I would have I would have hated it if I were 10 or 11. Yeah, probably. Especially if like people were going to see me. Yeah. My god, mom, someone's going to see me. <laughs> people are going to know it's me and they're going to make fun of me cuz kids are garbage. Yeah, they are. Turns out. But and I didn't mention this either. Initially, Abraham was just running behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. However, he did eventually quit his job at Dow Chemical to full-time run the uh the the restaurant? restaurant? Yeah. Okay. So this was like their sole bread and butter. This was full-time shit. This was full-time shit. Doing, running the band, running the restaurant. They're like, yes, all right. Yep. Things were going great. Until? Have you heard of Reaganomics? <laughs> <laughs> I don't plan on going into any history lessons here. Let me guess. They got trickled on? Woof. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Did they get tr- did Reagan trickle on them? Oh no. Oh. <laughs> oh no. But I will say uh the early 80s weren't great on our economy. No, no, they were not. Small businesses suffered greatly during the recession. Only a year after it opened, Papagayos was forced to close its doors and the Quintanillas oh, filed shit. for bankruptcy. And he had quit his job? Yeah. Oh, that was a bad decision. Yeah, that wasn't great. Yikes. I mean, the economy was great, and then all of a sudden Reagan's like, but Reaganomics! And it's like, I got trickled on. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. So, that's that's fun. Yeah. All these people got trickled on. Yeah, they did. Real bad. They moved back to Corpus Christi, but they continued to make Selena y Los Dinos happen. In order to make any money they could, the group would perform at weddings or quinceañeras or state fairs. They would even perform on street corners. Oh, if there was busked. a place, yep. If there was a place they could make money, they were fucking there. Yep, as long as they could be. As long as you got some talented kids, you will never be poor. I mean, now with YouTube, although some oh, people shit. just try to use YouTube, and I'm like, maybe don't solely rely on that. See if your kid makes it. First. But maybe you don't know how to use YouTube. But then also like. Why do you just, like, expose your kid on YouTube when they're not old enough to make a decision and, like, now you get to make money off your kid? There's so much to go into. Yeah, I'm really unpacking a lot right here. That's an onion we cannot unlayer in in this episode. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of times doing the research for this, I was posed with the question of, like, but you can't, you shouldn't force your kids to do shit they don't want to do. But in this one situation, like, I might repeat this a few times. Do not use this as a flagship for, like, I'm going to force my kids into stardom. This is a total exception to the rules that the kids ended up really liking it and were really good at it and became successful. And there is a big difference between doing this and the people who who go on those, like, TLC child pageant shows. Oh, my God. There is a very big difference between this and a pageant mom situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's gross. Abraham uses contacts in the music industry to get the kids into a recording studio to work on a full-length album. They got signed into a contract with Freddie Records, who promoted them by releasing a few singles off the upcoming album. And so okay. here we go. They're getting a little they're getting a little traction here. They're trying, they're struggling, they're making a little money, but 
airplay? Right. Are they getting airplay? They're working on it. They're uh-huh. trying to get some of that. All right. Is small gonna, time label. Small time. Let's happen. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Is it gonna though? Let's get that flame under their butts. We're gonna find out though. Oh. Okay. After the commercial break, we're gonna get more beer. Okay. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Heather. And I'm Rhonda. And we're two wine-loving psych nerds who together host the bi-weekly podcast, Wine Mind. Have you ever poured back a glass or three of wine and found yourself wondering, why do I love wine so much? What's the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath? Do I really have OCD? If so, then Wine Mind is the podcast for you. Every episode, we choose a different psychology question to answer and pair it with a bottle of wine. Because wine, wine is awesome. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And check out our website at winemindpodcast.com. You can also find us on the social medias as at winemindpodcast. Join us and uncork your brain. Cheers! And we're back. Hi. Look at us. Back from our break. Now I'm going to have that Super Tramp song stuck in my head. Welcome to and hell. I, and I don't know any of the words. No. Just the just melody. Who I am. <laughs> That's all you know. That's yeah. all I can remember. Yeah. Welcome to hell. <laughs> so, they released the album Selena y Los Dinos in 1984. And despite preferring the stylings of American artists, Selena sang entirely in Spanish. Abraham may not have had to teach his daughter very much how to sing, Mm -hmm. but he certainly had to teach her Spanish. Yeah. At this point, it was pretty common for Mexican-American children to only speak English. And if they did know Spanish, it was It was not cool to speak it. No, it was not. And actually, most parents kind of discouraged away from it because they wanted their kids to kind of fit into America. Uh Uh-huh. So, unfortunately, a lot of kids didn't grow up knowing Spanish. I have a question. I have an answer? I don't know. Maybe you'll get to this later. But, so he called it Selena y Los Dinos. Mm-hmm. How was he allowed to call his family band Los Dinos when the previous band he was in, which is still going? No. Oh, it was done. Yes. Okay. And so I think that's why he could is because at this point they had disbanded. And I think because it's Selena y Los Dinos. I, either way, I don't think his former bandmates had any issue with it. Okay. So I'm going to assume why. so if like nothing happens. Nothing happens. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to just assume that everybody was like, Meh, whatever. Sure. All right. That's fine. We're done with it. So you can have it. <laughs> We've used it. It's fine. It's fine. We're done with this. <laughs> I. So Abraham vividly remembered the discrimination that he suffered from both sides of the border. So he wanted to make sure that his children weren't going to suffer that same fate. He was from Mexico? He was no. Born, in- no. born and raised in Corpus Christi. Oh, okay. He was born and raised Mexican-American. Okay. But kind of like his kids, he just gravitated more to the American culture. Right. They knew, you know, of Tejano music and just uh-huh. like that styling of music and culture, but... An they... American with strong Mexican roots. Exactly. Okay. It's they're they're like a real split, and I think that's yeah. a big problem with the discrimination is they don't really know exactly where they fall. Well, to bring it back to when we were talking about TLC last week, both Tibas and Chile felt the same way. Like they weren't white enough, or Tibas especially wasn't white enough for Iowa, but right. she wasn't black enough for Atlanta. So where exactly do you fall? How do you relate with anybody that's in your age group? Right. And the same with Tricky, even bringing it back yeah. to last month, where, you know, half white, half black, and you're 
not sure really where you fit in because the white kids think you're too black. The black kids think you're too white. Yep. And it's kind of the same with Tejanos, like with the Mexican-Americans, is that some of them don't know Spanish. So then Mexicans mm-hmm. get mad at them for not knowing enough Spanish. And then they get looked at by white people and like, well, you're a Mexican. Like, I know perfect English. Yeah. And I was born here. I'm an American. I'm an actual citizen. Like, we're going to deport you and throw you over the wall. And you're like... Well, first of all, you have to build the wall. (laughs) It's going to not fall down. It's going to blow down with a 15 mile an hour wind. So Weird. The best walls. Mm, Tremendous. There is a skepticism coming from the label, though. Telling Abraham that his kids were too young and not ready for prime time. And on top of that, they didn't think they stood a chance as Selena was a girl trying to break in to a male-dominated genre. Tejano music is notorious for its machismo and predominantly Spanish-speaking males. Mm -hmm. But Abraham wouldn't hear this, and he decided to take their music to another label. You know what? I'm here for Abraham. Right? Like, for what what it's worth, Abraham always had faith in his kids, and he said, I don't give a fuck. They're talented. Just go with it. It's like, I don't give a fuck if she's a girl. She's talented and she can do something with this. Right? Good for him. Yeah, no, he always had faith in his kids. Cool. Again, exception, not the rule. Yeah. Do not take this, parents, as condolence to just, like, do what you want with your kids. Yeah. Consent matters. (laughs) So they made a brief leap over to a small label called Kara Records. There they had apparently made the album The New Girl in Town, However, it was never released. Hmm. Soon after, they were discovered by the label GP Productions that signed them for a yearly contract. Through them, they released their actual sophomore effort called Alpha. Okay. Selena y Los Dinos were starting to get radio play, and they were appearing on television shows like The Johnny Canal Show, which showcased many popular Tejano musicians at the time. It really sounds like a low-budget ripoff of The Johnny Carson Show. It might be. It might be equate Johnny Carson. <laughs> equate generic Johnny generic Carson. Johnny Carson. It's Walmart fine. generic Johnny Carson. It's fine. Fine. He can be up and up Johnny Carson. He can be the Target brand. The family toured together in a large bus that Abraham bought and named Big Bertha. Because <laughs> why not? Because why not? Even though they were gaining some traction with their music, they still struggled to afford food and gas. But they just kept working hard. So hard that Selena was taken out of school around the age of like 13 or 14. Wow. Yeah. She was middle school aged, I believe. Is and that legal? He went in and talked to the teachers and said, yeah, I'm going to take her out. And some of them said, I don't think you should do that. And he's like, mm, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Bye. I mean, maybe the 80s. It was just less strict. I guess. But here's the thing. That didn't stop her from getting an education. Girl knew it was important to keep up her studies. So she was homeschooled on the road, and she still got herself a high school degree by the age of 17 through correspondence courses that she would mail in. Well, good. That's probably how they convinced them to let her leave school. Right. Like, we're just going to homeschool on the road. And I mean, she did it. And she did it more than willingly. She wanted it. Good for her. She's a very driven person. She Even as a kid, she was like, nah, I should probably get my degree, though, right? Right. This isn't an excuse for me to not get my at least high school diploma. Yeah. And actually, she would later enroll in college and study business to help her eventually realize her dream of owning and operating her own fashion line. But yeah, that will come she later. did want to do that. See, Selena was a smart woman and a creative. 
She loved fashion, especially that of popular female singers like Janet Jackson, Madonna, and Paula Abdul. She used that as inspiration to make her own outfits to perform in. A lot of the outfits that she and the the Dinos, the Dinos, (laughs) and the Dinos, a the Dinos, (laughs) that her and her siblings in the band performed in, she designed them. I do remember something in the movie um, about her designing the cow print. Yep. Uh, outfits yep, yep. and Los Dinos were like, um, cow print, and she was like, nah, it's gonna be cool, and it was fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, it it was fucking cool. She pulled it up. They pulled it off. Girl was smart. She would design the corresponding outfits for the entire band, doing just as Tejano, other Tejano artists do, except these had some reals ass to them, sparkles Sequ- and yeah. shit, sequins, bright colors, animal print cow mm-hmm. print exactly and all of it helped them to stand out there's that classic tale of the time she wore a bustier at a show oh yes yeah and yes she... scandaloso oh that's not no nope no but all right no you can take that out <laughs> no i'm keeping no! it no <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she exposed it to the crowd about halfway through after taking her jacket off and it's a beautiful piece that she created herself. It's covered in sequins. Uh-huh. Well, half covered. She ran out of sequins a little more than halfway through, so one side had way more covered than the other. <laughs> and actually, in the movie, they create it perfectly, so it has more sequins on one side than the other. That's adorable. Yeah. And just in case you're wondering, nope, this did not please Abraham, who wanted his daughter to keep herself covered and conservative. Of course. But after a lengthy discussion about how it's the fashion and it's going to help gain them more attention, they compromised that she could wear it as long as she kept an unzipped jacket over it. Live in the now, Abe. Well, I was like 80, 89, I don't know. Selena wasn't the only member of the band finding her niche, though. Her older brother, A.B., was a natural when it came to arranging and production. He not only understood how to compose songs, but what elements to add into it to make a song really pop. To make it really slap. Make it a real banger. Real banger. He knew how to make bangers. All the Quintanilla kids grew up on American music, a.k.a. good old rock and roll. The kids love the (laughs) The rock and roll. The kids love that rock and roll. They do, though. (laughs) (laughs) And this is pretty apparent in their songs. With Selena's powerful vocals and AB's ability to add in synth and modern sounds, it wasn't hard for them to get noticed in the world of Tejano music. Every step Selena Elostinos took must have been the right one, because by 1987, she won the Tejano Music Award for Best Female Vocalist. Hmm. She continued to win that award for nine consecutive years, and from then on was known as the Queen of Tejano Music. Shit. Yeah, she win in that award. That's hers. But it also goes to show how few females are in that genre of music. Not that I'm saying she didn't deserve to win it. I'm just saying, like, I doubt she had that much competition. (laughs) But also it's Selena. I have a lot of opinions on this. They took the Tejano music genre and gave it new life. Not only was it appealing to people who have listened to it forever, but also younger generations and even non-Tejanos. In a male-dominated industry, it took this vibrant, charismatic, and talented woman to bring it to the attention of the rest of the world. With all of their success, they began to garner the attention of big-time record labels and were being fought over by both Sony and EMI. 
which were pretty big. Yeah. They were taking their Latin branches and saying, like, go get them. Until they became the same record label? Yeah, probably. I think it's all, (laughs) isn't it all just the same record label now? There's like three. Maybe. At this point, and that's, that's being generous. That is being generous. And while Sony was offering twice the amount of money for the signing fee, Abraham decided that they should go with EMI, and that was because there they would be the first Latin act signed, where with Sony they would have been like the fourth. Yeah. So this ensured that they would be focused on more closely. That's smart. He's, again, he is a smart man. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Abraham's not fucking around, guys. Mm. From there, the band shifted focus a little bit more to just mainly focus on Selena. Everyone still performed just as they did before, but now they simply called the act Selena. And in 1989, they released the first self-titled album under that name. Selena insisted on keeping AB as her producer, and EMI agreed to it, but if this album that they released did not prove to be a success, he would be replaced with some Grammy-winning producer. Balls. I get it, though. You're like, I mean, he's your brother. You've been doing this, and I get we like it, but, like, we have a way of doing things in the suits industry, so... I don't know. I think that's how that works. Thankfully, it peaked at number seven on the Billboard Regional Mexican Album Chart. Regional Mexican Album Chart? Yep. All right. All right. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't either. (laughs) The first time they would strike national attention was here. And A.B. proved himself and was able to stay on as producer. Well, praise Jess. He did it. Praise Jess. He did it. (laughs) Selena was getting offers to do commercials for companies like Coca-Cola now, which just blew up her popularity down south. Uh She was also offered to do beer commercials. And while that made sense for a Texas-based band, Uh the family decided to keep a cleaner image and avoid ads of that nature. And hell, the girl wasn't even really drinking age anyway. Yeah. So I don't know if she should be doing But girl is also wearing sequin bustiers, so whatever. But also don't be in a, a oh. drinking ad if you're <laughs> like, under 21. Right. I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I'm like, so confused by the message you're pushing here. Don't underage don't do drink, but underage drink. <laughs> Things were really blowing up for the Quintanilla family. And they were seeing the success that they worked so hard for. And Selena's childhood dreams were slowly coming true. And as stereotypical a trope as it may seem, I mean, all the dreams, even the ones of true love. Lady, now when all the world is sleeping, I stay up and think of you. I mean, like, yeah, what little girl is like, yeah, I get this. All of them. Their guitarist had just gotten married, and his wife wanted him to leave music and start their family. So he deuced. Now Selena was in need of a lead guitarist. A.B. knew just the guy. Super talented, reliable, and he had this young, edgy look to help keep up the fresher image that the kids have been striving for. Uh Uh-huh. Enter Chris Perez. Now, Abraham wasn't really his biggest fan from the get-go, but A.B. vied hard for him, and his father relented. Chris fit in and was pretty key in helping create some of their biggest hits, like Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. 
Can we talk about the music video yeah. for a hot second? Yeah, so I, I was like, all right, I'll just play us the video clip. It's fine. I've no. never watched it before. Wow. You know what? Take a hot second. Go look up on YouTube, Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb, because wow, this video. Like, they're just, it's Selena and another creepy fucking dude he is a who's creepy fucking clearly dude. stalking her just like driving down the street together <laughs> he buys and he her buys flowers. flowers from a guy on the street and literally chucks it in her fucking car <laughs> it's like the least romantic shit i've <laughs> ever takes seen takes off like he doesn't even get out of his car he, he literally, literally just chucks just them slams over. it into her fucking passenger seat <laughs> <laughs> here's your fucking flowers get out of here bitch it's <laughs> the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen like this is clearly a video done by people who have never been in romantic relationships <laughs> and before clearly don't know how to make a music video either no no i have no t- oh no where were your get a grip friends guys nowhere to be found oh my god wow i mean i feel like abraham should have watched him like if a, if a dude ever did that to my daughter i'd beat the shit out of him <laughs> If I ever saw anybody chuck a bouquet of flowers into somebody else's car, I would think that those two people are fighting <laughs> really bad. Ooh, somebody's in trouble. Somebody is in trouble. Somebody just had their Valentine's Day ruined. Pro tip, don't throw flowers in someone don't else's car. That. At least get up and pass them yeah, into the car. Because, like, mixed signals. Very, like, does he like me? Does he not like He got me flowers, but then he just fucking threw them at me. He just chucked them at me and drove off. (laughs) (laughs) Then she kept following him. Then we stopped watching. I need to see how this ends. Yeah. We'll save that for later. Yeah. So as far as the song itself goes, story is they were getting really sick of all the traditional songs that they had been set up with throughout the years. So one night during a sound check, Chris started messing around and... A.B. started to jam with him, and then Selena joined in on the fun, just making up some words and a melody, and before they knew it, this song was born. Isn't that how a lot of uh, really great hits Like, start? let's just fuck around. Oh, yeah. hey, Like, I'm tired good. of the same bullshit we've been playing. Let's just fuck around. Yeah. yeah. And I think, like, this is a pretty quintessential example of how they took Tejano music and just gave it a new life. Just gave it this and kind of sound. And made it relevant to... Yeah. To the times yeah. and... Yeah, it just made it something that people wanted to hear. It wasn't long before Selena and Chris, though, oh. realized they made a good team offstage, too. Oh. Two young and fun adults. Their attraction to each other was undeniable. Two young and fun adults. Well, what do you want to be like? They're sexy, <laughs> frisky adults ready to just... Two sexy kids having hormones a sexy just time. going crazy. Chucking flowers at each other. <laughs> that's the thing. I don't think they ever chucked flowers at each other. Maybe that's why she liked him. Maybe. She's like, oh, he's not chucking flowers? I mean, this is great. Cool. All right. So her siblings saw what was going on between these two, and they warned Selena, yo, dad is not going to be cool with this at all. Danger ops. He's going to go Abraham on your ass. Oh, my God. But he is. Your ass is hammed. I thought of that joke like 20 minutes ago and I've been waiting (laughs) Waiting to use it. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. It was the perfect time. He's going to go Abraham on your ass. 
The lovebirds initially tried to stay away from each other, but come on, you're constantly touring together. That is a futile yeah. endeavor. You're on the road. You're, it's going to be hard to avoid your bandmate. Before long, they were exchanging I love yous over pizza and did their best to hide this relationship from Abraham. She did love a good pizza. Girl loved a good pizza. She could eat a whole large pizza by herself. I believe it was a medium. Oh, I thought in the movie she said large. It was medium. All right. Still <laughs> impressed. Yeah, right? Like, she's just a little thing. She yeah. got it. Guess what, though? You're constantly on the road together with your dad. <laughs> you can't hide that. You can't hide your relationship. You can't hide your relationship from Abraham. <laughs> you also can't love your hide. You can't hide your fuck. <laughs> you also can't hide your love for pizza. Yeah. Everyone knows you love pizza. Yeah. <laughs> we saw you sneaking some slices in your bed the other night. <laughs> Eating it under the covers. We saw it. Eventually, Selena's father figured it out and forbade the couple from seeing each other. Oh, you know what that's going to do? They said, hell no, we ain't going to stop seeing each other. Yeah. They love each other and they want to get married. Well, this threw Abraham over the edge. <laughs> and he Abrahamed Chris's ass out of the band. <laughs> I'm just going to use it as a verb now. Just do it. <laughs> and basically after this, Selena was on lockdown. He kept her so busy... Seeing Chris was nearly impossible. But, I mean, in the end, Selena's an Aries and Aries gone Aries. <laughs> sure. Well, they're like, you know. You know. Bullheaded. No, Aries are Rams. Same. But I'm saying they're like bullheaded. They're, they're going to do, gonna what, they do what they're going to do. They're going to do what they want to do. But, like, Aries are more of a sign of action because Taurus is bull and bull is just like, I'm just going to stand here and Aries is like, I'm going to fuck shit up. <laughs> and then, you know. Taurus is stubborn. Aries is like, no, I'm fucking doing it. I know you said no, but fuck you. I know what's best for me. Yeah. So she still saw Chris behind her father's back until they just couldn't take it anymore. So you know what? They eloped. Fuck this. We gonna get married. Guess what happens when you try to make two people not see each other? They gonna see each other like times 11. And they're gonna go get married without you. Yeah. Yeah. And then you miss your daughter's wedding. Yeah. It's fine. The two were married in 1992 at City Hall, and before they could even tell her parents, the media was all over it and it blew their cover. So they kind of like had to stay away for a little bit. But you know what? I mean, at least they didn't have to confront them and tell them. The media did it for them. The media did it for them, yeah. After Abraham found this out, he secluded himself for some time, upset that his daughter may have married some chauvinistic man who was going to stop her from making music. But... When the couple finally confronted him to talk about it, he realized how wrong he was, and he welcomed Chris into the family and back into the band. And so we Abrahamed him back into the band. Well, if he had just taken the time to uh, make friends with Chris and find out that he's not such a bad guy, I will say, Chris did have a couple black marks on his record. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had a DUI one time and, uh, he did the scene in the movie where they trash the hotel room, uh-huh. but they make it look like he's just chilling. Uh-huh. Nope. He definitely helped trash that hotel room. Cool. So he is, he's made some mistakes. However, apparently that happened after him and Selena were married. I mean, I'm so not So you gonna... know somebody's Abrahamed on the couch that night. <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't burn the house down. He did not. Fine. Just because there was all this romantic drama... Doesn't mean Selena's career took a breather during this time. In 1990, she released her second album, Ven Conmigo, 
which peaked at number three on the Mexican regional charts, again, and produced three singles getting heavy radio play. Her concerts were beginning to become real sights and were seeing a high number of attendees. One of those attendees was named Yolanda Saldivar, and it was there that she had the idea that Selena needed a fan club. So Yolanda approached Abraham about the idea, and by approached, I mean she called him a fuckton. How did she get his phone number? I don't know. The 90s? Phone book? Phone book. Probably a phone, phone book. book. Well, after enough badgering him, he was like, you know what? This is a good good way to get more exposure. Keep in touch with the fans. All right, let's have a fan club. Okay. And he not only agreed to it, but he let her be the president and let her be in charge of all the fan club business. And I want y'all to bookmark this bitch because she's going to come back. I'm a dog ear this. Dog ear this. Yeah. I'm a dog ear this library book. Yeah. I mean, whatever. You're not the first. I highlighted mine. They were so mad. No, they never checked. They made you pay so many fines. No, I never noticed. They just never noticed. They never noticed. They didn't care. They were dead inside. They were just happy the book came back. Let's be honest. Honestly. Selena's first number one single came as a duet that she recorded with Salvadorian artist Alvaro Torres called Buenos Amigos. The video earned two nominations at the Billboard Music Awards and helped her expand her touring to the East and West Coast coast of the States. Oh. So this helped kind of sprinkle her a little bit more into the area and people's little subconsciouses. Plant the seeds of world domination. Hopefully. She deserves it. But it was with the release of her third album, Entre a Mi Mundo, that got her to be taken seriously, especially with the help of one of her biggest singles ever, Como la flor. Which is what I got the beer based on. There you go. There it is. Full circle. The album reached number one in the regional Mexican album charts again. But uh, yeah. this was for eight months straight. Oh, that's yeah. a long time. Mm-hmm. With all of this, she was asked to do a press tour south of the border. Being a Tejano is not an easy thing. Like we mentioned before, because they aren't accepted by either side. Yeah. Not fully, anyway. So this had to be handled with the greatest of delicacy. Yes, she was now a platinum-selling artist, but Selena's Spanish was still not great, and many were afraid she was just going to get eaten alive out there. They are going to see how bad her Spanish was. They were just going to not take her seriously. Tejanos were kind of treated as jokes. Did she kind of just learn Spanish enough to sing? Or did her dad, like, teach her... Enough to try and hold a conversation. He taught her enough. She knew enough. It just wasn't... It wasn't good. It was fluent enough. Mm -hmm. She could get by, but this is a big deal press conference. Yeah. So they're all a little nervous. However, you know what? There was no reason to fear. Girl knew what she was doing. She came out and kept herself humble and kind. AKA, she was herself. She smiled. She made jokes. She was friendly. She came out and greeted everyone personally. Because that's just kind of who Selena is anyway. Yeah. She made everyone comfortable. Everyone just relaxed around her. The press loved her and saw her as an artist of the people. And that made it easy for her to have a small tour around, like, just a little bit of Mexico. And it gained her critical acclaim. Yeah. It did nothing but favors for her career. That's good. By 1994, Selena had successfully proven to the naysayers, Yo, you're wrong. I can make it in Tejano music. I don't care that I'm a female. Here I am. Yeah. She managed to win over the hearts of Mexico, which many were dubious that she could do. And now she was finally crossing over to America 
at large by winning the Grammy for Best Mexican American Album with Live. It has an exclamation point. <laughs> live. <laughs> recorded the year before at a free concert in Corpus Christi. While music had always been Selena's number one, and here she is getting to exactly where she's wanted to be, mm-hmm. she has had many other passions that she wanted to pursue. She began to dabble in acting. She was in a few telenovas. And in 1995, mm. she even made a cameo in the Marlon Brando film, Don Juan de Marco. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I did not know she was in that. Just a little cameo. Yeah. That was a Johnny Depp movie, wasn't it? was it? a Johnny Depp movie. Do you remember that one? I don't. <laughs> Big surprise. Acting was fun and all, but if Selena was going to juggle anything alongside her music career, it was going to be fashion. Mm-hmm. Finally, she had the money and confidence to start pursuing a line of clothing. She opened two boutiques called Selena Etc., one in Corpus Christi and one in San Antonio. Going above and beyond, each boutique also included a beauty salon for hair, mani-pedis, and all of a treat-yourself atmosphere. Treat yourself. She believed in treat yourself. Yeah. And clearly her talents went beyond music because she was bringing in over $5 million from these boutiques. Oh, wow. Girl was hit. And she only had two of them and they mm-hmm. were coming in at $5 million? Yes. Holy shit. But that's also how popular Selena was. Yeah. People loved her. They adored her. They wanted to support her. Mm-hmm. And she, girl's trendy as fuck. I mean. Honestly. She knew what was up. Yeah. She was so fashionable. She became one of the 20 wealthiest Hispanics during that time. With all this business coming in, everyone agreed it would be best to bring in someone to help her manage the boutiques. Hmm. And so impressed with the job that she did with the fan club, the Quintanillas asked Yolanda if she would be interested in the job. Hmm. She enthusiastically took the position and developed a close friendship with Selena. Hmm. Those are perfect reactions. It shouldn't surprise anyone when I say... Success was just unstoppable for Selena. In 1994, she released the album Amor Prohibito and did it slay. It peaked at number three in the Billboard Latin charts and stayed in the top five into the next year. Yeah, now we get in a Billboard. Yeah, that's like big deal. Big, 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 BFD. Big, big deal. Big, big deal. Amor Prohibito had been certified 36 times platinum and is on countless lists of best of. 36 times platinum? Yeah. That's a three six. (laughs) But like, if you look up like best of albums in the 90s, albums by women, albums to hear before you die, this is going to always be on there. (laughs) Bucket list albums. (laughs) BuzzFeed clickbait. (laughs) And it won record of the year at the Tejano Music Awards. She's fucking getting it. Yeah. This album sees a little bit of everything. There's rock, R&B, dance, all mixed in to give a new sound to the Tejano genre. After all this time, finally, the label decided it was time. They are going to release Selena's English-Spanish crossover. Finally. Now, she had wanted from day one to do one of these, and they just kept saying, I don't know if you're ready. I don't know if you're ready. So finally, like, they kind of had to con them into it and say, like, she might go do it with another label. And they're like, no, 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 do it, do it. <laughs> oh, no, no, now you're ready. Oh, no, you're ready now. Yeah, you're now. ready now. Now's the time. This time around. The process was going to have to be different. A.B. stepped down from production duties. The family wanted to see Selena work with someone different for the crossover album. That makes sense. Because A.B. is a really good producer. Mm -hmm. However, um, it was just the Teano albums that they did that 
he was, you know, doing the They want to break first, into so. the pop stuff and they just don't, right. they want to do it right the first time. Right. So, so, and this is also a chance for him to kind of learn from other people. Exactly. So it, was, it was good. The family still helped out, but they just kind of took a step back. Yeah. They ended up working with Grammy winning Keith Thomas, who worked with Selena effortlessly, having a real ear for songs that would be best to show off her skills. The singer herself was actually only allowed to choose one song. Hmm. She landed on a song written by Fran Gold and Tom Snow called Dreaming of You. Oh, I know this one. You know this one. While A.B. said he didn't like it for her, Selena said she really liked the lyrics, and with her voice, she made that melody shine. Yeah. She actually recorded it while suffering from bronchitis. Oh, Jesus. Right? The last song she recorded for the album was God's Child, a duet with David Byrne. Everyone David was- Byrne? David Byrne. Yo, it's actually a real good song. That is so weird. Right? <laughs> Everyone was really excited about this track, though, because- it was a really complimentary duet between Selena and David Byrne. Huh. And he's such a big name for this first time crossover that they were sure to garner a lot of attention y- for it. Yeah, especially because it's so out of left field. Yeah, but it really worked too. I don't know if it's that left field for David Byrne. He he works Maybe. with different, a lot of different genres of music. Yeah. So I, th- I think he, he pulled it off, but yeah. I think he is also a sensible choice. Yeah. Despite all these things in her life that are just bigger than ever. Selena still took the time to enjoy the simple things. She and Chris lived in a house right next to the rest of her family. They had just a series of like three houses all next to each other. Hmm. They could always spend time with each other. They call up and say, hey, you making dinner? Come on over. That'd be great. Yay. She absolutely loved animals and talked about starting a farm someday. Not shying away from any yard work. She kept everything. They didn't, she didn't hire anybody to do stuff for her. Yeah. They had some dogs, some other pets. She loved animals, wanted to have just a every men- living thing. A menagerie thing. Of, of animals in the yes. house. Yeah. Chickens, pigs, everything. But most importantly to Selena and Chris, they were finally talking about and a couple kids into that picture. Hmm. They're finally there. I feel safe in assuming listeners know why this never ended up happening. Mm-hmm. But how did it all build up to that point? Unfortunately, the writing was on the wall with Yolanda Saldivar. It was simple at first. Oh. It was simple at first. Staffing problems at the boutiques, with former employees complaining to Selena that Yolanda would dismiss anyone she didn't like. Selena couldn't believe that she was capable of that, so she just kind of ignored all these claims. No, no. When your employees complain to you about the manager, you should probably look into it. But Yolanda's saying that selena's her best friend and she's buying her gifts and she's saying spending all this time and she's always so helpful she's always the first to volunteer yolanda wouldn't be doing anything wrong no never also mind you selena's in her early 20s yeah yeah and yolanda's how old 40s 50s yeah yeah there's a significant age gap even fellow designers and family members would express their concerns and finally, Abraham told Selena she should be more careful with Yolanda. But because of his kind of usual mistrusting nature, she chose to ignore his warnings as well. Selena. I mean, how many times was Abraham been like, I don't know about this, and he was wrong. Yeah. So, not that I'm saying that that makes this okay. But Selena. Mm. But what they couldn't ignore was the massive amount of fan complaints that they had sent in money for the club but received nothing in return. 
When Abraham investigated this, he discovered that Yolanda had embezzled more than $30,000 from both the fan club and the boutiques. Shit. Yeah. Yolanda denied this once they approached her, but Abraham said unless she could prove him wrong, he was going to get the police involved. He also told her stop all contact with his daughter. Yeah. Stay away from her. Abraham is fucking doing right. He's about to Abraham her ass. He's going to Abraham all over that bitch. He is, though. But Selena was not as quick to dissolve the friendship. And also, she did know that Yolanda had a lot of the important bank and tax information in her possession. So I think that was kind of a secondary reason for her to be like, well, let's not burn the bridge yet. Let's get this No, stuff. that's a good reason to get the police involved. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, writing on the wall, red flag, red flag, red yeah. flag. Yeah. Yeah. A few weeks later, when Selena asked to get the records back, Yolanda said that she was unable to get them over to Selena, to the family, because she had been raped in Mexico. Ex- what? So Selena still played the role of dutiful friend. She brought Yolanda to a clinic to get looked at. I'm... So she was unable to get this stuff to her because of the trauma of the rape. I'm assuming. Not because she can't go back to Mexico? I'm not 100% sure what exactly she told Selena. She just said, I was raped in she Mexico. She was basically just causing a crisis in order to divert attention yeah gotcha. i mean you yeah. say potato yeah so right she brings her to a clinic to get looked at okay however the nurse didn't do a full exam because yolanda there was a couple weird reasons she wouldn't do a full exam because they were doing the exam in corpus christi but yolanda's a resident of san antonio but also the rape happened in mexico okay and I don't really fully understand, but according to the nurse, she just said she couldn't do a full exam. I tried to understand the whole web of this and why this didn't work. I don't know if there's some weird laws down there that say, like, I mean, it is Texas. Yeah. So there might be some weird laws where you have to get, like, tested, either where it was where it happened or in your own town. Or it could or have even just been... Involved. I don't know. It could have just been Yolanda being like, no, don't do the whole test. And right. then Yolanda saying, oh, well, the nurse said she couldn't do it because... Well, this was actually according law. to the nurse. That was This was in the nurse's testimony. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody fucking knows. After that, Selena tried once again to get the records from Yolanda when they went back to her, t- her hotel room. Mm-hmm. And at this point, one can only assume the woman felt trapped with no way out. She was unhinged and wanted the mess to go away. And that meant pulling a gun from her purse and pointing it at the singer. This girl that she has claimed is her best friend. I'm going to get rid of my problem now. Selena attempted to flee, but Yolanda managed to shoot her in the back, right under the right shoulder blade. According to the clerk in the lobby, Selena ran in, bleeding. Yolanda was chasing her and calling her a bitch. Yolanda has some fucking mental health issues. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't watch any of the interviews with Yolanda, but there are interviews on YouTube you can watch with her. I definitely remember watching... There's like a 2020 or something. I think I watched that one Mm. years ago. It it came out years ago. Oh, my God. Like, right not right after it happened, but only a few years after it happened. Yeah. And I definitely remember watching that one and... She was very calm, very composed during the whole thing. But, but also crazy. But everything that came out of her mouth, I was like, no, you crazy. No, you're actually insane. You are batshit fucking insane. Yeah. And you think 
that everything you did was justified yeah when to everybody else that you're telling the story to it's like no you're fucking nuts yep you had no right to do any of this no she none i i didn't know about like the supposed rape in mexico though. yeah no i didn't know about that's why i'm giving a little more detail because yeah I didn't want to go super into detail, but I just wanted to give like a general outlook on what happened that day. Yeah, because I'm sure everybody probably realizes it's a lot more complicated than like VH1 behind the music probably led you to believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's sick. Soon after, Selena collapsed. So Yolanda ran out. Upon attempting to escape, she was cornered by the police while she was in her car. So she stayed in there for a nine-hour standoff before she was finally arrested. Right. She had Mm -hmm. a fucking standoff. Yeah, she was in there with the gun. Like, I'm going to kill myself. I'm not going to kill myself. I'm going to come out. I'm not going to come out. It was just bananas. The bullet had hit Selena in the back and went straight through her chest. On its way through, it struck an artery, causing devastating blood loss. Despite long efforts by EMTs and surgeons, they were just unable to keep her alive. There was absolutely way too much blood loss. Yeah. And it was quick. I mean, the ambulance was there within two minutes. Yeah, but when you just go an through artery an artery, is, yeah. you're done. You're done. It's it's Yeah, they couldn't even, like, IV her more blood because they'd all collapsed. Yeah. It's crazy. I You can read all about the whole thing. I, I skimmed it because, again, I just didn't want to focus on it, but... Fucking Yolanda. So on March 31st, 1995, at 1.05 p.m., Selena Quintanilla Perez was pronounced dead at only the age of 23. That's crazy. 20 fucking three. She was already this much of a star. And she's 23. And this crazy bitch who's like, I'm going to steal. Was it really worth the 30 grand, bitch? Was it really (laughs) worth the fucking 30 grand? I don't think it was about the thirty grand. Oh, it wasn't. Though. But it I was... just, I'm still like mad about. It. Yeah. <laughs> like the thirty grand was just like you know something that she could just get away with. Yeah. The main point was being able to say I am close to this person. Oh yeah, no. There's there's a lot behind it. Again, I didn't go too deep. There's plenty of documentaries you guys can yeah. watch, and they're gonna go full into detail. And I could wax poetic about this for quite a while because you know I love me some true crime. Same. But I'm going to shut up. I'm not going to go Abraham on this. (laughs) This isn't about her death. It's about her life. (laughs) Days, weeks, months, years have passed and her loss is still felt around the world. The Mexican-American community truly lost a bright light from their world. A role model to so many Proof that the American dream is true and can happen. Mm -hmm. But I don't even want to limit it to one community. The world lost a truly amazing talent and person. She crossed all sorts of borders to bring people together. Selena was one of the few people to make it and never lose her humility. To be open-minded and true to herself. She wanted to make her friends, families, and fans proud. She didn't feel entitled. She didn't think she was owed anything. She just worked hard and wanted just to be happy. She wanted a simple life despite yeah. all of the hard work she put in. This is one of those instances where somebody truly did die too young. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, yeah, what could have happened if they were alive? Because like all these other um, musicians that have died early, like Kurt Cobain and Janis Joplin and all of them, it's like 
they experienced some sort of popularity and stardom in America yeah. during their sh- very short careers. She didn't even get to that. She didn't like, get to see her popularity in America. She got to like two steps before that brink right. of stardom in the United States. So we don't even get a little bit of that like massive popularity that she could have. Yeah. I mean, she got to experience... She did get to go to the Grammys. Mm-hmm. She did get to do a little bit. She got to dabble, but she never got to see how yeah. far she was going to go. And the really annoying thing is that most people in America only know about her because of her death. Oh, yeah. That's the only reason a lot of Americans know who she is. I At mean, least white Americans <laughs> from most of the United States. Right. So. I mean, I will say I remember hearing her songs on the radio and I didn't know she was dead. Yeah. So I think maybe younger like our generation and younger are going to know her because of her music. I definitely know who she I remember first hearing about her and knowing who she was mm-hmm. because Dreaming of You, Ugh, love it. came became popular right after she passed away. Right. And I would listen to K104 <laughs> from Poughkeepsie, New York. Um and Casey Kasem was always doing the top 40 on Sundays. Oh, Casey Kasem. And Dreaming of You would be on the top 40 for like that short period of my childhood. Yes. And that is how I knew who she was. And then a few years later, you know, the behind the music story came out and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. oh, and the movie. Yep, the movie. And that's when I was like, oh, it's her. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. It's, it is. You're right. It's so much of a shame to think she didn't get to see her popularity explode yeah and honestly like if she was still alive today she would be making great music and the popularity she did get in mainstream music in america just a blip on the radar right of what could have happened if she was still alive right and the things that she did for spanish music Mm -hmm. like spanish language music Mm -hmm. i mean i she was a fucking for forerunner for that she brought the mother i don't know she brought it to the forefront (laughs) she brought it to the forefront (laughs) yeah of um, of our radios because we are not very diverse when it comes to our music but at least now we do hear much more spanish than we ever yeah and we honestly even still we are very resistant to spanish language music we which we is have allowed stupid. certain artists, but we won't allow certain art ones. artists. And however, we won't allow any other language besides Spanish. However, if they perform at the Super Bowl, Bowl halftime, we have to send in at least a thousand complaints mm-hmm. to the FCC because they're too we, sexy. They're too sexy. How dare they? I will say, um, there was a documentary that came out that I guess was focusing on Selena's death. Not the murder, but just, like, the impact it had. Mm-hmm. I sure I can't remember what it was called. I saw it on YouTube. I kind of dismissed it because the creator of the documentary questioned how good of a role model she was because she wore sexy outfits. Now, I get it. It's the 90s, so maybe you're just being a little conservative still, but that's a shitty feminist view. Wow. Like, well, I don't know. She's really a good role model for kids because, like, she was really sexy. Was she, though? She was. Like- I, I mean, for the time, yes, she was. Oh, but yeah. compared to now? Oh, right. Well, that's the thing. This came out in the late 90s. All right. 
That's why I'm like, maybe you're just looking at it through that line. Like, I'd like to see what the uh, documentary. But like, she wore half shirts. Like, she wore a bustier. She's fuck off. Rotated her (laughs) hips. I just. Oh no. When I read about that, I was like, you can straight go fuck yourself. You can straight go fuck yourself. She is a great role model. She really is. She actually would come out and say, "Yes, I got married." And it was a bit impulsive. And yes, I wear these things, like these kind of sexy outfits. But you don't have to be like me. You just have to be true to yourself. Yeah. And she was aware that little girls would watch her. That's why she didn't do beer commercials. And that's why she would try to watch how she acted in public. Because she wanted other kids to look at her and say, that's how you should compose yourself. Yeah. Like you should be composed and friendly and kind. That's what you should be like. And that was what the message was that she would try to impose. So, like, go fuck yourself. Who cares if she wore bustiers? That means oh, absolutely cares if nothing. she has hips? She's a Latina. Yeah, of course she's got hips. Fucking yeah. work them, girl. Yeah, she flaunt it, if, flaunt it if you got it. And that's why I feel like this, this story is still so relevant. Because it's like we still have fucking uppity conservative people are like, they're too sexy. I can't listen to music. I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> Stop it. Can you go vi- go visit another country for just two weeks? And now we have... The- and learn what the fuck culture is. And now we have the bullshit view of, you're too big. You're too fat. You can't wear that. So... I know. She everybody actually, can fuck off. She was praised for... Selena was praised for, like, saying, like, you don't have to be super skinny and all these things, which is, like... But, like, it, she's thin. <laughs> Guys, she was thin. Like, yeah. she was curvy, but she wasn't fat. She had a booty, but she was in no way, shape, or form. But, like, they were... A bigger person. They, they People looked at her as, like, a supporter of positive body image because she God. wasn't afraid to show uh. off her curves, But which is great. And I'm sure, yeah. like, if she was alive today, she'd be all about, I don't care what size you are, love who you are, love your curves. I'm sure she would be a proponent of that. Mm-hmm. But, guys, she wasn't fat. She wasn't. <laughs> Can we stop? Like... In any way, shape, or form. But she did break a lot of the like the blonde-haired, pale, blue-eyed yeah. stereotype, too, which was nice. And she did open a lot of doors for Latina women and Latina artists. Latino artists. True. So, yeah. I mean, we got to give her praise for that. Yeah. You know, she's a dreamer. She never gave up on anything she set her mind to. All of her success was well-deserved. It's just an utter tragedy that she is no longer with us. But I stand by it to try to not focus on her murder. I know it's kind of fascinating. If you want to watch a couple of the docs, I ain't going to blame you. But instead, let's focus on her life and all the amazing things she did in only 23 years on this earth. Right. 23. Like, no. I mean, I haven't even done a quarter of that in 36. (laughs) So, yes, I respect Selena a lot. Yeah. She's done amazing things. Everybody should respect her. Yeah. Celebrate Selena, guys. Guys, anything for Selena's. Anything. So that's the story of Selena. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> Love you and appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed Love it. Love and appreciate Selena. Seriously, go listen to some Selena jams. Oh, my God. Honestly, like, Amor Prohibito is a fantastic album. Also, though, Dreaming of You, her, pro, her Dreaming of You is so good. Her posthumous album, which I should have gotten more into, and I'm sorry I didn't, but that's the album that came out. That's her crossover album. Go look it up. It's such a solid, and it's a real '90s jam of an album. Yeah, they got some '90s bops on that. And I'm here for it. That 
that Dreaming of You song definitely belongs on every 90s playlist. Ever. And unfortunately, it is often forgotten on most 90s playlists. Yeah, y'all are so, fucking up. Looking fuck at off. you, 90s playlists. <laughs> How dare you? Looking at you, BuzzFeed. Remember Selena. Honestly, though, she's great. So thanks for listening. Yeah. If you were digging this story and digging how we tell you some tales, why don't you go over to our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com. And over there you can get more episodes. We have a lot of them. (laughs) It's a thing that we do. Two years worth. Two years worth of shit, guys. Also, you can comment on the episodes if you have any questions or just things to tell us. And you can also send us an email through mm-hmm. the website or follow any of our social meds. We got Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We do social media sometimes. We try. Try and counts. <laughs> or if maybe you want different kinds of stories, you can go to our network, the Pantheon Podcast Network. And over there, there's anything you could ever want in the MTV of podcasting. It really is. If you know what MTV is before they started only playing shows. Yeah. Yeah. But also, uh, you can go to our Patreon and give us some money, money. and that is at patreon.com slash rockcandypodcast, and you can give us some money. We'll give you some swag. Swag, swag, swag. And also a monthly bonus ep- episode. Episode? Episode. We already have, like, some things to talk about at the end of this month, too, so I think March will be an interesting month. We do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. It's going to be an interesting episode. I think I think March will be a fun month for news, guys. Yeah, it's It just be. started. We already got shit. It's great. It's only March. It's only March, guys. It's only March. It's only the beginning of March. Fucking kill me now. It's only March. But yeah. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Go listen to some Selena. And dance around your kitchen. It's great. It's fine. That's all you need to do. It's all right. Yeah. We'll be all right. Everything will be, everything will be fine. We'll be all right. Yeah. But, you know, next week we'll have another episode celebrating ladies of music. Indeed. But until then, why don't you guys buckle up, get ready, and we'll check you out next week. Yep. Yeah. Until then, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. Party on, you crazy kids out there. I am going to Abraham your ass so quick. (laughs) Abraham your ass on out of here.